I'm here in my room and at the lounge, everybody's watching on Facebook, very loud, dancing with Joe and Amy. It's amazing. Very good morning, guys. I'm privileged to speak to you this morning again about this series in Nehemiah. I want to invite you to leave your Bible open near to you in Nehemiah chapter 1. I want to honor your time. Uh, it's not a very long teaching, but it's very important that now you give me your attention and in your eyes, put your eyes in this camera and your device. I don't know if it's the same with you, with me. <clears throat> I feel that sometimes I uh, fall into a maze and I feel very lost. For example, in the morning I'm grumpy. At the night when I go to, to sleep, I'm glad and happy. And everything happens in between. Questions, expectations in the same day. I'm happy and I'm angry. I'm full of hope and I have no faith. Sometimes I'm the champion of, of the faith. And sometimes I don't believe that God's listened to me. Because my feelings and emotions, they keep me pulling and pushing to every direction. Anxiety, fears, faith, joy, bad mood, anger. Everything happens. And a whole week, you go for many places. Ah, and then I feel lost in this maze. What am I supposed to do? God, come on. I believe in you, but sometimes you are not available. I feel like the sky is in the iron sky. I cannot pray and you're not listening to me. But sometimes, no. I put on my phone some worship songs here and I'm cleaning the house, listening to worship songs, and this changes everything. But in the same day, if I receive a message on my WhatsApp or if my wife talks something with me that hurts, I feel wrong. So we have this. I don't know if it's just me. Come on. <laughs> In this very moment, I listen to the voice of Jesus. Invite me. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 6, when he says, But when you pray, go into your room. Close the door and pray to your father, who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And I put this quote, this, this phrase, praying is going down from the head to the heart and stay there before God. Now, let, let me tell you something. Uh, once they asked, to, they asked to Mother Teresa and they said, okay, uh, what do you say why uh, you are praying what kind of words there's some special specific words and she said nothing i just listened and they and they said okay if you say nothing just listen what does god say to you and she said nothing just listen to me. so here Jesus is saying that the prayer is beyond my words. It's something different, something more. Because he's saying, your father who sees what is done in secret, he's not saying your father who is listening your words, who sees. He sees things that sometimes we don't know how to verbalize, how to add words in that 
emotions and that feelings. And you see the steps. And it's a path, it's a escape from the busy environment and from the world. I'm on the streets, I'm working, I'm doing something, then I come to my home, my home, and from my home to my room, and I shut the door and I close my eyes. And then I'm alone with Jesus. It's escape. It's not about words, it's surrendering uh, myself. And then with me in this very moment are all my thoughts, all the people that I don't like them, and all the people that I love them, and all my expectations about the future, and my fears, and all my memories. Everything's there around me in this moment. And then I come down from my head to my heart because. I am God's presence. It's not only about words. It's about this something that sometimes I don't know how to explain to him. And I don't have to. You see? So last week, we start talking about Nehemiah, that before God gives to him and to me and you a purpose and a mission, God needs first to start something in his, on his heart. And he did. And we finished reading just a few sentences for the chapter one in Nehemiah when uh, he was talking with some guys who came far away from Jerusalem and they shared with him the needs of the people there. And Nehemiah felt very identified. And more than this, he started to pray. And he sat down and he wept for these people. He didn't know these people. He was far away from these guys, but he felt something. And God starts to crush him and his emotions. And now, today, what was the first words of prayer? You see, Nehemiah is in the same maze as me. He's feeling something. Uh, he's feeling some kind of burden or something on his heart. He doesn't know yet. It's not very clear yet. He's coming from this conversation. You know that tough or difficult conversations or, and you have a mix of feelings. And okay, God, what's my mission? What's the purpose of my life? What's, how will be the next season after this COVID-19, etc.? I feel something that I don't know what to do with this. Then he goes to pray. Pray. And today you are talking about his prayer. If you have your Bible with me, you can open Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 5. Chapter 1, verse 5. It's written there. Then I said, Lord, the God of heaven, the great and awesome God. This first, very first sentence, awesome God. This, this word for me was one of the first words that I learned in English because of that song. Our God is an awesome God. Here is. I love it. Sorry. <laughs> when I was preparing myself for a ministry, uh, I was in the seminary and I was a very young boy. And I remember <clears throat> an old pastor, he asked me to read a book. And he said, it's an old book, 1950 something. The book, not me, okay? <laughs> and he said, you need to read this book. And the name of the book is um, the name. Yes, because you can buy this book. Yeah, there's an Amazon, many places. Uh, your God is too small. 
Your God is Too Small. It's a great book. And that book helped me to understand my vision, my understanding about God. Because sometimes my God is too small. You see how he starts this conversation in this prayer. Lord, the God of heaven, the great and awesome God. So you see this view, his view about God. Why this is so important to highlight here? Because we are living in this culture, in this moment where we are so narcissists. And I don't know. Sometimes I catch myself talking with God, and I felt that I'm giving orders to God or make Him my bartender, where I need to press the right buttons and then God will work, like a machine, <laughs> a fast food something. Where my prayer prayers is just when I'm doing something very busy and I send a WhatsApp to God. Oh God, remember me, Amen. Because I'm always in a rush. With the time, we forget. We can forget how God is great. And the words of my prayer shows me the size of my God, how big or how small is He. And there's some new um, movement in my country about church and preachers and all of this. There's a fancy name for this we call uh, theologic liberalism. But the teaching is like this. God cannot be uh, almighty. God cannot be um, sovereign, be in control of everything. Otherwise, why we have so many suffering? Uh, there's a lot of suffering across the planet. God lives with you, with me, if you are uh, with a broken heart, if you are in sorrows, if you are sad, if, if you are alone. Yes, he does. But these guys, they try to make God not be so powerful. And I was watching one of these interviews on uh, YouTube, and the pastor said, God's not almighty, God's only all love. God cannot judge. God, there's no, uh, he has no, all the power in his hands. He cannot control the world, the, the planet. So when I catch myself praying about small little things that I feel so, what's the word? Uh, spoiled, maybe. Demanding, maybe. God, you need to, you have to. God, I am your son, and I need this, and I need that. My dreams, my, my small dreams. But I forgot that he's the God of heaven, the great and awesome. I have no idea what can I expect from him. He holds the whole power and the future, everything on his hands. Um, somehow, I don't know why, we kind of learned with the time to be consumers of God, consumers of services and worship and, and church and Christian culture and everything. And we forgot, hey, 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 he's awesome. He's great. He lives in a high and a holy 
please, I'm talking, not, I'm not talking with the Queen Elizabeth. I'm not talking with Boris Johnson or Donald Trump. I'm not talking with Billy Graham. I'm talking with Jesus. That's why it's very good to remember Isaiah 57, 15. I live in a high and a holy place, but also with the one who is contrite, contrite and lonely in spirit. To revive, revive, to bring life again. To revive the spirit of the lonely and to revive the heart of the contrite. I live in a high and a holy place. So in this journey, when Nehemiah comes to the room to pray, he brings to his mind, hey, problems, anxieties, mind, you need to remember, we are now talking with God. You are not talking with your best mate. I'm not talking with my buddy. He lives with me, he loves me, but he's awesome in power, great in power. In this moment, I bring to him all my weaknesses and all my brittle and fragile feelings and emotions and lack of faith and uncontrolled temper before his power. is great. So God cannot be surprised. God is not out of uh, control. Oh, my God. Oh, Jesus, help me here. I don't know what to do because now COVID-19 and the lockdown and Donald Trump is COVID-19 now. I don't know what to do. Come on. <laughs> he knows how to take care of your life. He knows why are you living this season now. He knows how do you like your tea with milk and the color of your coffee or how strong or how weak is. And he knows everything about you. And he knows everything about the future. He is still God. His sovereignty never changed. He never changed. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God is not small. It depends what kind of theology in your mind, but God is not small. He's everlasting God. His love never finished, never ends. He holds all the power and the control and the future and the past and your life and my life and your kids and your family, everything in his hands. So the approach to God. Nehemiah is not saying, I'm, I have intimacy with God. That's why I call him daddy, father. No, he's saying, he's the God of heaven, the great and awesome God. Sometimes I need to preach to myself. Sometimes I need to make me remember how great is he, how great he is. Because sometimes I forget. <laughs> I'm so busy. And when I start this moment of prayer, exalting him, remember about his greatness, everything takes the right place. The problems and the sorrows just squeeze. Yeah, they go to the right place. And God becomes stronger. Nehemiah keeps praying. Nehemiah, sorry, Nehemiah keeps praying. It's because in Portuguese it's Nehemiah. <laughs> Nehemiah he keeps praying in verse um, chapter one, student chapter one. I have no time to go for every sentence, but school of teachings. Just go, let's jump to verse seven. Verse seven. So we have act. Now, this, this moment is so important. Okay. So 
God is crushing him, he comes to pray and he's exalting God. And every time you start to exalt God, every time you come near to him, the closer to the light, the more I see my dirty. The closer to the light, the more I see how weak I am. So his phrase is, we have acted very weakly toward you. We have not obeyed the commands, decrees, and laws you gave your servant Moses. My sin has name. It's a moment of confession. A spoiled person is unable to face challenges and frustration. You see, the love of God is unconditional. He loves you. There is nothing you can do for God love you more or less. He loves you. But forgiveness is not conditional. Forgiveness is the result of repentance and confession. And this is amazing because he's praying. He's exalting God. And now he's aware of God's presence and holiness and greatness. And suddenly he sees, oh, I'm dirty. I have sins. And he calls his sins by the name. We have acted directly toward you, have not obeyed the command. What he's saying, we're not obedient. God, we have failures. Things that confession makes for you and me. I, write, I wrote down here. First, makes me accept that I have limits. Second, opens the way for reconciliation. Third, washes my heart. Now, when you go to pray, instead say, instead say God forgive my sins. And what if you put names? On your sin. Come on, Danny, I'm not a thief. I never kill anyone. I'm not a lover. I always ask for the Holy Spirit to help me on this. Please, Jesus, bring me my pride, my cruel words, my bitterness, bitterness. Uh, when I judge people around me, my criticism, things that are in my heart that can make can make my family real in their emotions that can bring a lot of problems in my emotions and my feelings in my family when I scream when I shout my temper and then you start to put names in your sins and why this is so important Ephesians chapter, chapter 2 is written there it's written there, we were dead in our transgressions and sins. So I wasn't kind of rude guy, and then I came to Jesus, and now I'm polite. I wasn't a bad person, now I'm better. I was dead in my transgressions and sins. There was no hope for me. Because the sin is a huge, huge gap between me and God. So the only way to bring reconciliation to Jesus and his cross and for this I need to confess if you listen any kind of teaching who teaches about salvation and forgiveness without repentance and confession is not the real gospel is not the full gospel the full message from God 
for me and you today. Why for me? Because I cannot think, oh, I'm walking with Jesus in the last 40 years of my life. I don't need to confess anymore. I'm special. I live in another level. Excuse me. I have to confess my pride. Confess my sins. And Nehemiah, he does this. And he did. And then when the Holy Spirit starts to wash my heart, Explosion, I put the phrase here, I don't know if it's coming to your screen now. Yeah, this quote, this sentence from Charles Spurgeon is really strong. He said, if any man thinks real of you, do not be angry with him, for you are worse than he thinks you to be. <laughs> I'm just saved. I'm just special or loved because of him, not because of myself. I know myself. I like sin. I like to be against God. I don't like to pray. I don't like to read my Bible. But then the Holy Spirit come to me. I am the presence of this great and awesome God. And I start to confess my dirty, my bitterness, my sins, and confession, and confession, and confession. And somehow, God leads Nehemiah for verse 10 and 11. Nehemiah 1, 10, 11. Nehemiah is still talking. He's still praying. And he says, They, about the people, they are your servants and your people whom you redeemed by your great strength and your mighty hand. Again, great strength, mighty hand. You redeemed. I'm not, I cannot redeem myself. It was you, Lord. Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of this, your servant and to the prayer of your servants who delight in revering your name. Give your servant success today by granting him favor in the presence of this man. This man was the king. What he's saying here, after this journey of prayer, of prayer after Enjoy God's presence after come to from my head to my heart, after confess my sins to Him. In these two verses, 10 and 11, Nehemiah says four times the word servant. Servant is just polite name for a slave. Someone who is not decide his own will he doesn't have free will he's just there to be a servant what he's saying god i start my prayer lost sometimes in this maze i start my prayer i don't know how, sometimes how to name it my concerns and worries concerns and worries and i start exalting or greatness and i confess my sins but now i'm ready for the action i want to serve I want to do something. Please use me because you are God and we are still your people and your servants. What I want to say for you, my friend, if you are watching this now live or later on on, on Facebook, doesn't matter if doesn't matter if you came from a very difficult life in your past, if you are struggling now and you feel that God doesn't love you, doesn't care about you, or your sins too big, and 
is very serious thing. You cannot feel loved, or if God forget you for some reason, you, if you confess your sins, you receive the forgiveness, and you are people of God. You're still people of God. You belong to Him. You are servant. You have someone who is Lord over you, and to Him we must obey and serve Him. God is about to give for you and me a great mission, a great purpose. And now we are going for the next Sunday is talking about what is this purpose? What is this mission? Because first, God crushed him. Now, God leads him to pray. Now he's ready. Now he's ready for the next season. Are you ready for the next season of your life post after COVID-19? Are you ready after crushed by some few months, after few lost or after a moment of prayer that messy prayer where you don't know what to do with your feelings and emotions and you exalt god you receive forgiveness and now god is about to do something and i want to pray now for you asking for the holy spirit to create this expectation in your heart you can restart your life you can rebuild your life you can restart everything again because you belong to him. Lord Jesus, I want to pray now. <coughs> I want to pray for every single person who is watching this video on Facebook, on the mobile phone or laptop. But your Holy Spirit can reach now every heart, every emotion, every family, and every burden that we have on our shoulders sometimes and worries and concerns about the future. You can start to feed a different flame, Holy Spirit, about the purpose and your mission in our lives in this new season now. And I pray for this. I pray, Holy Spirit, invite us to pray. Invite us to a secret place. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.